0: Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patti Holiday. Hey, yo, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm Patti Holiday, your head fangirl in charge, and this is the Monday movie, Minute, for August 12th. Every Monday, we chat about the movies that came out, what we saw last week, what's happening at the box office. Sometimes it may be something I saw on my couch. Sometimes it's all about the movie theaters. Uh, You just never know from week to week what's going to happen. So I saw three movies this week, all in the theater, and two out of the three were were worth the money. Uh, That third one, well, not so much, guys. Not so much. (laughs) All right, so this week we are talking about the kitchen, Dora and the Lost City of Gold and scary stories to tell in the dark. But first I want to run down the box office because I love talking about the numbers and what is happening there. It's always fascinating to me. And this there was, there were some shakeups, there were some shakeups, which is not a total surprise, considering the fact that there were a handful of brand new movies uh, out this week. I want to say like last week there wasn't that much new, but this week there was a lot more. Uh, I had to make some choices when it came to going to the theater. And uh, well, I, th- I think a lot of people did. So so there were some, some changes. Now, that being said, first place is still Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. They're still the box office winner for the week. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, however, came in at number two. The Lion King is at three. Dora and the Lost City of Gold is at four. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has dropped down to fifth. Art of Racing in the Rain is six. The Kitchen uh, came in at seven. Spider-Man Far From Home is still in that top 10 at number eight. And Toy Story 4 at number nine. And then another new movie, Bring the Soul, the movie, uh, that one came in at 10. 10. And then uh, eleven and twelve. I'm just going to put these out there too. Was the farewell? So the farewell did drop back out of the top ten after having a, a pretty big week last week. But it's still it's still showing up. It's still showing up. And then Brian Banks, which is another new movie and one I did not watch. But I'm interested to, to see if I can find some time to go see that one because the the reviews and the buzz on it. It's kind of all over the place. It's 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 just intriguing me. So I am curious uh, to see how how that one actually is in the theaters. Alright, so we're going to do a few parent movie reviews here on the movies that I did see. And the first one was The Kitchen. Might as well well just get this one over with, guys. So did you see the trailer? The trailer looks so bad, eh? I mean, it was... I don't know. I like mob movies. The the whole culture is crazy, kind of cool, and totally terrible. Uh, So yes, I I love it. I love those kinds of things. And I was excited to see this one. This movie, The Kitchen, is about three women who have to take charge of their lives and futures when their mob-connected husbands are sent to prison. They see an opening to, I don't know, write the system in the neighborhood and step in to kind of clean it up and straighten things up. Uh, Well, clean it up in a mob kind of way because they're certainly not going legit (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, the trailer. I, I just keep going, man, I was so fooled by that trailer. I had such high hopes for the kitchen guys with the idea of the women taking over, you know, it, 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 it totally, it, ha- it had had me intrigued and, uh, the premise was something that I wanted to see. I wanted to see this story play out and I wanted to see how actresses involved were going to pull this off too, because they're all fantastic. Funny thing, when I mentioned this movie to uh, somebody, they kept saying, is it a comedy? Is it a comedy? No, just because Melissa McCartney and Tiffany Haddish are in it does not mean it's a comedy. Uh, No, it's not a comedy. Elizabeth Moss is also in this as well. So with those three actresses, I really thought, how could this go wrong? Well, it did, y'all. It did. (laughs) It was messy. It was terrible and uh, somewhat boring. Yeah, it it was... I was bored. I was honestly bored in the theater, which... You shouldn't be if you're going to go see a mob movie. That's that's all I got to say uh, about that. Now, these women were supposed to be shown as, like, strong and decisive and saving themselves. You know, like, they had this big change that they had to take care of themselves once their men, who had totally taken care of them in various ways. Not not always good ones, but, you know, you, you thought that that, that was going to be, like, the story. But honestly, at every turn, it felt like they were turning to a man to help them figure things out. So, it kind of loses that impact as well. The whole the whole idea of a, a woman self-saving woman, you know, was kind of a wash. You also never got the feeling that what they were doing was bad. And in a good mob movie, even if you're rooting for the mobster, you still know they're bad. You still know what they're doing is wrong. And sometimes they played this like it they were almost doing a benevolent community service. It it just didn't, it didn't work, guys. It didn't work. It didn't work. So yeah, Uh, the actors were good. I I will, I will say that I I have no complaints about what we saw from uh, the three leading ladies and, uh, and, but I I rarely complain about any of them. I think they're all fantastic. The sets were beautiful. The costumes were gorgeous. Uh, But man, it was just, it was just so slow and Just in general, I'll sum it up by saying not good. It was not good. Definitely not living up to the potential that the trailer promised me. (laughs) Bottom line, watch the trailer. Stay out of the kitchen and the theater for this one. I'm not even going to bother really with a parent movie review because kind of, well, no one needs to see this. Just just no one needs to see it. It's not good, guys. All right. uh, The next movie I saw was Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Now, this one, on the other hand... Was charming and delightful and a whole lot of surprises. I adored it. And, and yes, it, it does help. We were big Dora watchers in these parts. Uh, so the nostalgia factor absolutely played big for us. Now, the story behind this is Dora is now 16 years old. She spent her whole life exploring the jungle with her professor parents. She had no other kids around. She only hangs out with her pet monkey boots. And basically, she's just a big nerd. You know, she has learned a little bit of everything about everything there is to know about the world. So she's smart, but socially has no clue, right? Well, her parents... Decide to send her to the big city, uh, basically to L.A., uh, to live with her cousin Diego. Yes, Diego's in this one. Uh, and to go to public high school for the first time because they're going on a kind of a, a dangerous mission. That's when, you know, you get this fish out of water kind of situation going on with her attending high school. I'm not even going to say that she's trying to fit in because she di- she's self-aware enough and she recognizes enough that she does not fit in. But she makes the conscious decision that she's still just going to be herself. She's not trying to fit in. Where on the other hand, Diego is definitely like a normal teen and is doing his best not to stand out and uh, definitely not to stand out in the ways that, that Dora is. They, they had a lot of good interactions together and I really enjoyed watching, uh, watching them uh, play off each other. Overall, this movie, I felt like I felt like it was a love letter to the parents who stuck it out with Dora over the years, watching episode after episode of that show. You know who you are. You are my people. We watched a lot. Of, did I mention that we watched a lot of Dora, guys? <laughs> this was um, this was totally our reward. My husband laughed more than the kids throughout this movie, maybe more than anyone in the theater. But there's so many self-aware moments and um, great little throwbacks and nudge nudge. Winks, that work. It's not even over the top. It's not. This one worked throughout the entire movie from start to finish. We were looking for those moments, living for those moments, and they were there. And they it struck the right balance of nostalgia and throwback to old school Dora with being self aware and mocking itself a little bit. I don't know. I, I this one it was smart. It was clever. It had us very much amused. Can you say delicioso? Because it was delicious. It was, there were so many fun, fun moments in this movie. Now, if every reboot would study Dora, past and present, and and learn how to pull this off, I, I think consumers would be much less wary of all the recycled ideas, and we'd we probably embrace things a little bit more. So, guys, Dora does it right. Dora does it right. Isabella Moner is fantastic as our explorador. Dora, and she, like I said before, she she meshes well with Diego, who is played by Jeff Wahlberg. Which, yep, he is. He's a Wahlberg. Uh, I want to say they said he was Mark's nephew. I think it's Mark's nephew, maybe Donnie's. Or I. I think it's by marriage. Anyway, I think it's Mark. I think it's Mark. So Di- <laughs> Diego can't decide if he should be embarrassed by her or impressed at her willingness to just embrace exactly who she is. And he he does a, he does a good job, kind of you know doing playing that off as well. Uh, we, we loved it. We loved it. And I will totally see it again. And yes, I want a sequel. I want a sequel. Now, as from a parent movie review, it's mostly clean. But there is some bathroom humor and potty language that some parents may not love. There's also a cartoon booty of a naked man that flashes on the scene. Completely not needed, not necessary. Could have been completely left out. Or what was wrong with leaving his pants on him? I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It happens in a split second and it's over. Other than that, there's no sex. There's no nudity. The violence is more like on-the-run and high levels than physical violence against uh, people and hurting people. So overall, I'd say it was pretty good for kids. We liked it more, I think, than Toy Story 4 and Aladdin even. Ah, I know, I know. Don't take my Disney card away. (laughs) Okay, um, so yeah, go see Dora. Go see Dora. It was good. It was good. Now, the last one that we saw in the theaters was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I didn't know this one, despite being like the spot on the right age uh, for these books that came out in the eighties and the nineties. Somehow, I don't know, I missed them. Uh, this is totally the kind of book I would have gobbled up as a kid too. I guess I have something to complain to my therapist about because my library didn't carry them, and I am scarred for. No, I'm just kidding. But no, for real, uh, I don't. I don't know. I really can't even think about people, friends talking about these movies. I, I honestly didn't realize they were books. Until I went and saw the movie and started started writing the review. And then I was like, oh, well, okay then. So this is this was the thing. So that being said, the nostalgia factor was not there for me. It, it, this was not something I went into thinking, um, oh, I hope they don't mess it up. Or I hope they tell... It. I, I went in completely blank, sp- uh, blank slate on this one. Now, this was based on the books uh, from the early 80s and 90s. Scary stories to tell in the dark. And it's just... What it sounds like. It's set in 1968 in Mill Valley, Pennsylvania, and it starts on Halloween night with some teens sequ- seeking revenge, um, you know, some revenge pranks on a fellow teen bully. And that eventually all plays out, and they find sanctuary in the old Bellows family home that's this neighborhood haunted house. And here, they tell the story of Sarah, the tragic former resident of the mansion, who's said to have lured children to their deaths through the walls of her chamber. Sarah turned her own scary stories into a book, and those stories become all too real for the teens who find that book. Your teens are gonna wanna see this one. And for the most part, I think. I'd say it's okay i'd I'd say they're okay to do so. there's no sex, there's no nudity uh, there is violence there is gore there is language all typical of a teen driven vehicle uh, you know nothing you know too far outside of, of of the reaches like when it comes to language in other words i'm I'm not talking like super bad or book smart when we're talking language or discussion there it's 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 pretty pretty low key uh, teen teen talk but honestly <sighs> This one this one actually could have been completely language clean with very little effort and I think I think it would have been a fine movie that way. Granted, someone's trying to kill my friends. I'm probably going to be a little stressed out and might let some expletives fly, so I, I'm not like super hung up on the language in this movie because of the subject matter. The gore and the scare uh, it, it is also not too extreme. The movie relies more on scary stories and Um, monsters over like slash them up bloody deaths that kind of thing so uh, that's also another positive i think to this movie when you're talking about sending your kids to it uh there is some potty humor there's some of that as well but i think that's the least of your issues if you have any concerns with this movie there are some good one-liners that get some laughs and it's mostly from the character chuck Uh, so there is you know a little touch of humor too and there's a bunch of, of of Easter eggs for the horror fans in this movie. I have actually a post on that. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested in in reading about that. I, you know, overall, we really had a good time. My husband and I went and saw this one together. And there's one scary story that's being told that had us both like looking away and cringing, and you know, really anticipating the scare factor that was that we knew was coming. That did come. That you know, we but the build up was intense and awesome, but not over the top. I mean, I, I, it's hard to explain. It was just the right level of you're uncomfortable, but not so uncomfortable that you have to run out of the theater uncomfortable, if that if that makes any sense. Uh, so it was good, it was good. I really, really liked this one. Now, as long as your teens aren't super sensitive or prone to nightmares or night terrors, I would say that this one is the right amount of scary without causing long-term uh, mental harm if they want to see this. I would say ages 12 and up. I don't think anybody younger than that really needs to go see this at this time. There it, like I said there were some intense moments and so I would not risk it for anybody much younger than that. All right. That is the Monday Movie Minute this week. There is going to be a new podcast episode coming on Thursday. Probably going to be Beverly Hills 90210 episode. Because I'm smitten with the show. I am smitten with it, guys. If if you watched it and you were confused, you might want to tune in on Thursday because we're going to talk about it. We're going to kind of break down what happened uh, there in that show. I, I'm excited to talk about it with my friend, Emil. So I hope you'll tune in for that on Thursday. Definitely check back in unless something changes and I have to make a left instead of a right. But that's my plan at this time is to put 90210 up. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Throw those five-star reviews up there. It really does help other fangirls find the show. And it's always appreciated by yours truly. All right, guys. Thanks for fangirling with me on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. Hope you'll be back to Fangirl with me again real soon.